The Living Church of God presents Festival 2008, The Big Picture. Warm festival greetings to our brethren around the world. We hope you're having a wonderful Feast of Tabernacles wherever you are. In the Living Church of God today, we strive to keep our eyes on the big picture, doing the work of God by preaching the gospel, publishing a witness and warning, and proclaiming the good news of Christ's soon-coming kingdom. How else do we describe the big picture? Dr. Roderick C. Meredith exhorts us, as Mr. Armstrong did years ago, that the vision we have is really the big picture of God's plan to reproduce Himself and bring many sons to glory. It's about man's incredible human potential to be in the very family of God. This big picture started long, long ago. The big picture has been preserved through the generations in God's holy Bible, the wonderful truth of God, and it gives us a vision of our future in God's kingdom. In this year's Feast film, we hope to give you a glimpse of that big picture. We're going to highlight exciting milestones of the work over the past year from the perspective of God's overall plan for mankind. It's a plan that involves the past, the present, and the future. Let's start at the beginning, the very beginning. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. From the beginning of time, God has had a plan for man to inherit the universe. God the Father and the Word, the Logos, fashioned the galaxies in stunning beauty, stretching out the heavens like a curtain. They created stars, planets, and other astral bodies, full of remarkable color and brilliance. But the masterpiece of God's universe was the home we call Earth, a precious gem in the midst of the vast and limitless space. The earth was the focal point of God's plan for mankind. This is where God would place the man and woman whom he made in his image to unfold his plan for an ever-living God family. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Then God said, Let us make man in our image, according to our likeness. Let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over the cattle, over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. And the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground, and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living being. The Lord God planted a garden eastward in Eden, and there He put the man whom He had formed. God's plan was for man to rule over the earth, to preserve and even enhance what God had created, to teach their children to follow God's way and prepare them for their destiny in God's kingdom. But Adam and Eve, influenced by Satan, rebelled against God and were cast out of the garden.
But the plan of God was not derailed. Through the centuries, God raised up His spokesmen. Faithful servants focused on the vision of the kingdom, the big picture, to keep the knowledge of His plan alive. Men like Enoch, Noah, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, Joseph, Moses, David, and the righteous kings of Israel and Judah, and all the faithful prophets of God, and the Word who became Jesus Christ came to earth. The Messiah, the second Adam, came here to live and die. To make it possible for God's plan for mankind to succeed, He founded the Church of God and trained twelve disciples who would pass on the truth of God's destiny for man to a small flock of others in preparation for Christ's triumphant return. Through the generations, this truth was preserved in successive eras by God's people. Through the era of Ephesus, Smyrna, Pergamus, Thyatira, Sardis, and Philadelphia. In 1931, Mr. Herbert W. Armstrong, a talented young advertising man, began to be used by God to preach the gospel. One of the striking attributes of Mr. Armstrong was his ability to capture and convey the big picture. For decades, through God's constant guidance and direction, Mr. Armstrong published and proclaimed the vision of God's kingdom to a world desperately in need of the truth. What began in 1934 as the Radio Church of God grew into a globe-circling effort, many tens of thousands strong. Many individuals responding to God's calling today recall hearing Mr. Armstrong's powerful voice and reading his dynamic articles decades ago. At its height, before Mr. Armstrong's death, the World Tomorrow television program was being aired worldwide by more than 257 stations weekly. But in January of 1986, Mr. Armstrong died. What happened to that big picture?
In December of 1992, Dr. Roderick C. Meredith embarked upon the mission to revive God's work, founding the Global Church of God. In 1999, the Living Church of God was formed, continuing that same work. Today, a small but dedicated group of people around the world keep that big picture alive and growing. What is happening in that work? What is happening now? Brethren, you are a part of that big picture. All of you attending the Feast of Tabernacles this year in 2008 are making this work happen. Are you personally involved? Are you excited and energized by the destiny and hope of mankind and your part in conveying that good news to the entire world? Our Savior Jesus Christ told His disciples, And this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in all the world as a witness to all the nations, and then the end will come. Matthew 24:14. That's our job. That's why we're here. Let's take a look at the big picture of God's work what's happened over the last year, and where we're going. And it shall come to pass that everyone who is left of all the nations which came against Jerusalem shall go up from year to year to worship the King, the Lord of hosts, and to keep the Feast of Tabernacles. The Feast of Tabernacles is the highlight of the year for God's people. And Festival 2007 was no different. Almost 7,000 brethren met in peace and unity to worship God in 30 different countries. All across the United States and around the world, brethren shared in good food and joyful fellowship, growing in bonds of friendship. They experienced a foretaste of God's coming kingdom as they worshipped the great God where He placed His name. But most of all, they received spiritual nourishment from God's teaching ministers. He shall strike the earth with the rod of His mouth. Brethren, the Bible says Christ is coming back and rule all nations with a rod of iron. And we know where true freedom comes from. John 8, 32. You shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. But they shall be priests of God and of Christ, and shall reign with Him a thousand years. That thousand years, brethren, is called the millennium. A term composed of two Latin words, milli, meaning a thousand, and anus, meaning a year, a thousand years. And people who believe these scriptures are called believers in millenarianism. And that belief is that before the very end of the world, Jesus Christ will reign on the earth with his saints for one thousand years. Rivers of living water shall flow. Flowing, at last, the whole world will know that God gives to those who freely receive. Rivers, if you believe, one day from New Jerusalem shall flow these rivers. And his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, and what? The Prince of Peace. The person who points the world to the way to peace. This is what we've been called to participate in. Pointing the world to the way of peace. Of the increase of his government and peace. There will be no end. The feast kicked off a year full of exciting progress and developments in the work. 
The church's highest priority is to preach the gospel to the world and provide spiritual nourishment for those God calls. In November 2007, we received our one millionth literature request since the inception of The Living Church of God in 1998. This represented a significant milestone in the work. In the work today, many different publications are produced free of charge for anyone who calls or writes in with a request. The Tomorrow's World magazine is automatically sent to all those who respond to the Tomorrow's World television program. Over 370,000 people are currently subscribing to our flagship publication. The magazine is printed by R.R. Donnelly Publishing in Long Prairie, Michigan, and is also available in its entirety on all three of the Living Church of God websites. Reprints of articles in the magazine are also produced as standalone pieces of literature for those who request an article on a particular topic. The Living Church of God has produced 29 booklets on doctrinal, prophetic, and Christian living topics. Since 1998, over 2.4 million booklets, reprints, lessons, and tapes have been sent to those who request them. The booklets are printed by Tadwell in Charlotte, North Carolina, and Hickory Printing in Conover, North Carolina. Like the Tomorrow's World magazine, all the booklets are available worldwide for download at our various website addresses. Dr. Meredith writes a monthly letter giving members and co-workers news of the work and a heartfelt appeal to get even more involved. The co-worker letter is a unique opportunity for Dr. Meredith to personally communicate with thousands of people not currently part of the church. Many of them eventually become baptized members. In addition to his monthly address, Dr. Meredith also writes semi-annual letters to all Tomorrow's World subscribers, as well as special mailings sent out periodically on topics of his choosing. Through our staff at headquarters, the church is publishing the gospel to a worldwide readership and also responding to calls, questions, and inquiries from those who want to know more. Our ministry then follows up on hundreds of requests yearly from new people interested in attending. Some of you right now may be attending the feast for the first time. We welcome you and are grateful you're here to help in the work. In December 2007, the church reached another significant milestone, the 15th anniversary of the establishment of the Global Church of God. Dr. Meredith and the headquarters congregation hosted brethren coming to Charlotte, North Carolina from all over the United States and Canada. On the Sabbath, visitors and local brethren viewed a film looking back on the last 15 years. Brethren also enjoyed walking through a small museum of historical interest celebrating the work. The weekend was a nostalgic look back at the progress the church has made and the work that has been done. In his address, Dr. Meredith also encouraged the church to look forward to the job that still lies ahead. We will reach a lot of the major cities and vast numbers of people through television, radio, the printing press, but we won't reach them all because God is not trying to save the world at this time. If God were trying to do that, He would do it. His name is El Shaddai, God Almighty. He's blessed us by giving us this tremendous opportunity to help be the advance guard, the people that give the warning to those who are willing to seek, the willing to listen, and in the meantime, preparing us to be those kings and priests to rule under Christ in tomorrow's world. 
Many brethren also took part in activities organized over the weekend, such as the marriage seminar, single seminar, and family day activities. Some of the teens attending had the chance to experience the church's audio and television studios firsthand. While we do expect Christ's return to be soon, we must prepare the next generation to continue the work as long as necessary and train future leaders for the world tomorrow. Greetings and welcome to Tomorrow's World. Fifteen years ago, the Internet was in its early stages of development. In its infancy, it was mainly used as a research tool for universities and the military. In 1993, no one had ever heard of Google, Yahoo, or YouTube. Few even knew what email was. The Internet today is a dynamic tool being used to preach the gospel in a time that Daniel prophesied of. He said, many shall run to and fro, and knowledge shall increase. We are truly living in that time. By January 1999, the church's websites were established. Nine years later, in January of 2008, we for the first time surpassed one million pages read monthly on our websites. We also have the online Bible study course being taken by students in over 95 countries around the world, including Afghanistan, Burkina Faso, Russia, and Sri Lanka, to name a few. Over 2,000 students from 61 countries are taking the hard copy course as well. The Internet Services Department is charged with managing and further developing the church's websites. It's their job to find new ways to utilize this incredible tool to get the gospel out to the world with ever-increasing efficiency and power. As technology takes the gospel to the world, God continues to grow the church, not just in the United States and Canada, but around the globe. The work isn't only about congregations and activities here in North America. It's much bigger than that. It involves a worldwide big vision and the dedicated work of thousands of God's people around the world. The Living Church of God has congregations all over the world. Brethren on six continents continue to keep God's laws and practice God's ways in many different countries. Our regional directors serve brethren around the globe, as well as doing their part in preaching the gospel in their native languages and nations. In February 2008, Church Administration Director Dr. Douglas S. Winnale went on a round-the-world trip to visit congregations and meet with ministers and leaders from one end of the earth to another. In this extended trip, he visited with brethren in Australia, the Philippines, South Africa, and Europe. This kind of face-to-face -face contact helps to build relationships between headquarters, local ministry, and other church leaders. It helps church administration understand the important issues facing our ministry and brethren today in order to better serve God's people. We greatly appreciate our international ministry and brethren scattered all over the globe. God is doing a great work with this small group of dedicated men and women. Christ told his disciples to go into all the world, and he continues to empower his church to do this today. Sixty-one years ago, Ambassador College opened its doors to four pioneer students with a goal of teaching young people God's true values. Through the years, the college was also instrumental in training hundreds of leaders for service in the ministry. After Mr. Armstrong's death in 1986, the college he founded slowly began to change. Within a few years, a full-scale apostasy ensued in the church, and the sun eventually set on Ambassador College. 
In August of 2007, Living University opened its virtual doors to students around the world via the Internet. LU's founding principles are identical to those of Ambassador College to recapture the true values of God's way of life. In its first year, five LU teachers recorded classes that were posted online. 277 students were enrolled in eight classes. Dr. Meredith, as Chancellor of Living University and other instructors, utilized their decades of experience to teach students from around the world. Lectures were captured professionally in the church's television studio to be used for years to come. May 19, 2008 marked a historic occasion for Living University as the first six students to earn a certificate in New Testament studies were recognized. The occasion was observed on the first day of the 2008 Pastoral Conference at the headquarters office in Charlotte. Through the incredible technology of the Internet, Living University today has the potential to reach students around the world in a way that was unheard of 20 years ago. LU is committed to teaching the full truth of the Bible to train leaders in God's church today and prepare kings and priests for tomorrow's world. Speaking of future leaders, in July, campers and staff gathered for another year of Living Youth Camp in Upper Peninsula, Michigan. This was the 10th year of operation of the camp. Under the leadership of evangelist Gerald Weston, hundreds of teens have gone through the program, many coming back to work in leadership positions as high school workers or college staff. Supporting parents of the church in teaching their children that God's way works is a key element at Living Youth Camp. Along with other programs for the youth, it serves a crucial function for families and the youth in God's church. The Living Youth Staff doesn't just teach about volleyball, canoeing, or dance. It teaches a whole approach to living life God's way. The staff endeavors to show young people a totally new culture, God's culture, that is wholesome, pure, and fun. The Tomorrow's World television program is the primary vehicle the church uses in preaching the gospel and getting out the Ezekiel warning. Dr. Roderick C. Meredith, Mr. Richard Ames, Mr. Wallace Smith, and Mr. Rod King present television programs on Bible prophecy and the purpose of life itself. In the spring of 2008, the church began the process of buying a property near the Charlotte office building for a new, high-definition TV studio. The new building, just a short walk from the main office, is 5,000 square feet and will house the new TV, audio, and music studios in addition to a viewing gallery, control room, rendering suite, conference room, and equipment room. It will also house eight new offices for the television production staff. The new studio was completed right before this year's feast, and you can plan on seeing the new set on Tomorrow's World program this season. The Tomorrow's World television program, produced here in Charlotte with our own TV production crew, continues to be the backbone of the effort to reach the whole world with the gospel message with our new up-to-date high-definition television studio. We hope to get the gospel out ever more powerfully to the entire world. You've just had a glimpse of what's been happening over the last year here in Charlotte and around the world. We're grateful for your part in making this past year a success in God's work. But where do we go from here? And what will happen next in God's work? We're now living in the prophesied last days, in a time when the Laodicean mindset will predominate. This will be the last era before Christ's return. Those of us living now must heed the warning given to the last age.
Revelation 3 and verse 14. And to the angel of the church of the Laodiceans write, These things says the Amen, the faithful and true witness, the beginning of the creation of God. Verse 15. I know your works, that you are neither cold nor hot. I could wish you were cold or hot. So then, because you are lukewarm and neither cold nor hot, I will vomit you out of my mouth. Our Savior warns us of the coming great tribulation and the day of the Lord, a time of unbelievable cataclysm that will engulf the earth. How can we ensure that we don't become lax and lukewarm in the last days? One way is by keeping the big picture burning bright. We're here to do God's work. We are preparing the way for Christ's return to earth. We are being prepared to reign with Him. The big picture is that God has given us an awesome plan for mankind. It's God's will that we inherit the earth if we're faithful. But not only that, as members of His glorified family, God may give us the opportunity to serve and reign over portions of the entire universe. Think of those awesome and brilliant astrobodies, remade and reshaped by the creative powers of divine beings, totally submitted to the will of the Father and the Son and totally led by His Holy Spirit. That is the big picture, and that's why we are called. Thank God for the gospel, the good news. Thank God for His truth, His revelation, and the future vision He gives us. Thank you, brethren, for your dedicated support of God's work, and your focus on that big picture. You are an inspiration to us here at headquarters, and we hope this review of the past year has been encouraging and inspiring to you as well. And now for his closing comments, we're happy to introduce the presiding evangelist of the Living Church of God, Dr. Roderick C. Meredith. Greetings, brethren. Thank you all so very much for your part in making this work of God possible. God does it, but He uses human instruments. And so many of you have helped in so many ways through your prayers, your support, your encouragement, everything you've done. And we deeply appreciate it and thank you for it and thank God for it. I do want to thank especially Rod McNair and Dylan King, Richard Ames, Kevin Lee, Lucky Lyons, and so many others who helped put this entire behind-the-work film together. A lot of work was involved, as I'm sure you appreciate, and a lot of work has been involved from all of you and from our ministers around the world to put together this work and to help this work go ahead so we can actually have these films, have these activities, have these accomplishments to film. And we thank God for it. He is our God, and He does it. But He does use us weak human instruments and we can be thankful, brethren. All of us should be thankful, really thankful when you think about it, that we have the honor, not that we're better, but God has somehow put in our hearts the vision and the impetus and the strength and the courage and the zeal to want to directly prepare the way for Jesus Christ as King of kings and Lord of lords. We have that honor. And let us always be thankful for that and for what Christ is doing let us never forget, brethren, why we are called now. Mr. Herbert Armstrong often reminded us of that. We're not just called for our personal salvation. He could have called us later on for that. But we're called right now because of these particular things. We're called to do this work. His church was to do the work. 
a preparing the way and a preaching the gospel of the kingdom of God to all the world, to all the nations as a witness. And of course, to preach the true name of Jesus Christ, everything involved in the way of God. And additionally, to fulfill, of course, the Ezekiel Commission to carry out the Ezekiel warning message to the British descended and American peoples of the coming Great Tribulation because it's coming primarily upon us. And someone has to cry out and let our people know. And brethren, we are doing that. There are other works of God, other churches, other sincere people, but no one is doing it in that same way. And I think we realize that. That's one reason we're called now to be part of that work, and we're going to be rewarded in a special way for that. Secondly, we're called to grow spiritually, to overcome, to learn God's way, to practice God's way, and in that way, to prepare to be those kings and priests in tomorrow's world. We're learning the right kind of God's government, the right approach to the whole way of organizing and doing things, and how Christ is directing things through those whom He has chosen, not those that are elected and where people pose and make various uh, speeches and talks to get themselves elected to something, but where we are involved in trusting Christ and involves faith in Christ as the living head of the church. And most of you have that faith or you would not be here. Christ is alive and He's guiding His church today. And so in that way, we are individually preparing through faith in Christ as our head and the coming King of Kings. We're preparing the way for His second return and preparing to be those kings and priests to administer that kind of government over the United States and Canada and Britain and Germany and China and Russia and all over the world and to bring a kind of peace and joy the world has never experienced. So let's prepare. Let's understand why we're called now and really want to fulfill that calling with all of our hearts. In the months and years ahead, brethren, we will be tested as we have never been before. A tremendous number of problems are on the horizon right now, as most of you know. A looming food shortage where people, even in this country, will later on be starving to death. A looming water shortage. A looming situation where we're going to have terrible problems in the Middle East and we're going to have more of our forces involved there. More young men killed. More nations turning against us and hating us. A financial crisis that we're already getting into where the dollar drops And everything is far more expensive. And Americans are brought down and humbled. And it's going to affect us. It'll affect you and me in years to come. So we have to put our faith and trust in God. And certainly with all those things, other things such as disease epidemics, earthquakes and storms. And outside persecution. Outside persecution will come much more than we have ever experienced. We're going to have to have faith in God and walk with God and walk with Christ beyond what we have ever done. We want to realize that. So as we come toward the end of the feast, as this film is normally shown toward the end, I want us to think about that. We've got to be prepared. We've got to be prepared to never, 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 never give up. As Sir Winston Churchill told the British people, we must be like that. We must have faith and courage and faith and trust in Christ to see us through. 
Satan, the devil, will be angry with us, brethren. He will be angry specifically with this church, as he understands better than some of our own brethren do. He sees that one church is genuinely doing the work of God, preparing the way for Christ's return, and one church is teaching in a right way. Not perfectly. We're growing in it, of course, as we grow in everything else, but growing in the way of God's government to learn how to practice God's government the right way so we can properly administer that government in tomorrow's world. He sees that. And he sees that by our efforts, he and his demons are going to be replaced when the government of God's come and his government is kicked out. And he will no longer be the prince of the power of the air. He sees that clearly. And he is angry. And we need to understand. Turn now back to Hebrews near the end of your New Testament, Hebrews chapter 13, the very last chapter, and verse 5. Hebrews 13, verse 5, Paul writes, Let your conduct be without covetousness. So many of us want this. We want the extra television set. We want something else and something else. Our mind gets on these physical things. We must not let that happen. Be content with such things as you have. For he himself has said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. No, if we give our lives to God, we continue on in God's work, and we generously give our lives, our time, our energy, our talents, and we give our tithes and generous offerings, God will never leave us nor forsake us. We must not turn aside through trying to take care of ourselves in the wrong way, but put our faith and trust in God. So we may boldly say, the Lord is my helper, I will not fear, what can man do to me? Yes, nothing can man do to you apart from God's will, and you know that, brethren, but we've got to actually believe that when the trial comes. Believe that and act on that. Back in Romans, Romans chapter 8, a very famous passage, verse 28, God says, and we know that all things work together for good to those who love God. Not everybody, but to those who love God. We love God if we keep His commandments. We're a commandment-keeping church. Things work for good, not for everybody else, but for those who love God and to those who are called according to His purpose. For whom He foreknew, He also be predestined to be conformed to the image of His Son, that He, Christ, might be the firstborn among many brethren. You and I can be the full brothers of Jesus Christ and the full sons of God. These things are speeding up. Our reward is coming closer and closer. Moreover, he said, whom he predestined, he called. Whom he called, he justified in his plan. And whom he justified, he glorified. He intends to glorify you and me if we really learn to give our lives to Him and put our faith and trust in God and in the living Christ, who's the living head of the church. He says then, what shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? Nobody. We are going to be winners. In the end, we win, brethren. We win. It's awesome. These things we've seen in the work are just the beginning of what Christ is going to do through us. This work is going to have a greater impact, a far greater impact in the months and years ahead. Let's do our part. Let's put our faith and trust in God. Let's walk with God. Because the reward that we have is absolutely awesome to be fellowshipping with God and with Christ and with the spirits of just men made perfect throughout all eternity. Our reward is awesome. It lasts forever. 
as long as the stars shall shine and even beyond. Let's be thankful. Let's do our part. Let's thank God and let's put faith and courage in Him and in Jesus Christ, our living head and our Savior and our merciful high priest. Thank you, brethren, again for your part. This has been a production of the Living Church of God.